This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. Hello. First media timeout, a little over 14 minutes to go, and Michigan State 8, Nebraska 6. I think Jawan Gary's got a couple of free throws. Rank had a beautiful little baby left-handed skyhook, and Kase hit a 2. Now 10 to 6 with uh, about 14 minutes, 14.32 left to go in the first half. Yeah, the one thing that Michigan State we know is going to want to do in the game today is get up and down the floor, and when Nebraska's had success against teams that want to run, uh, over the course of specifically last year, they walked the ball up the floor. They slowed them down. They made them play at a pace that Nebraska wanted to play at. When Nebraska's gotten into those run-and-gun games and they just play along, normally things don't bode well, i.e. a week ago Sunday when Creighton destroyed Nebraska. Right. So, <clears throat> And if they were better at it, then I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, if, if they had a point guard that could really control the pace... Uh, even if you had an Alonzo Verge. Uh, but you don't have that. And you're you're trying right now to take Jamarcus Lawrence, who's not a natural point guard, uh, and make him that. And he really struggled against Minnesota. Seven turnovers, just one assist. He did have 16 points, had one of his better offensive games. But it was one of my big concerns when you moved him to point guard is that you're ruining two positions. One that Lawrence is really good at, the off-guard position. Um but when you didn't get Aaron Euless and when he got in trouble with the NCAA, you had to do something. Uh, they went and got Jerron Coleman, and they they moved Jamarcus Lawrence to point guard. Well, and, Jamarcus was playing point before Coleman. Right. Well, in that, Spain. That move was good. Well, that was going to happen, though. But that move Euless was, was going to be the guy that they were going to rely on at the point guard position. But I think. La- La- no, Lawrence, my understanding from over the summer was that they, they were moving Jamarcus Lawrence to point. Now, Euless would have been not, ne- not necessarily the backup, but would have been in the mix as well. Um, and just kind of what we've seen, I just kind of glanced up and watched four Nebraska guys stand around and one Michigan State guy go get an offensive rebound. It's the same thing we've seen for uh, the last couple of games. Right. So... Uh, We've seen this from Nebraska basketball when they don't make shots, their their body, their you just see a, a yeah just, the shoulders slump and the the shoulders start slumping the the body language is not good and they, and they just don't play with the same effort. Let me ask you this: is is there is the issue that we saw more than a couple of off nights? Is there something internal with this team right now? Do you think that's causing some some because I don't get the lack of effort. That's the thing that bugs me. Well, I, I have concerns about there are certain individuals on this team who play like individuals, and that's been a problem with Nebraska basketball in the Hoiberg era is guys playing for themselves and not for the team. But we haven't seen that as much this year. You've seen a team more willing to share the basketball until things started to go a little south against Creighton. And then Minnesota. But you were up 15 points, as many as 17 points against Minnesota. There's no reason for the letdown that we saw in the second half against Minnesota. I understand, especially when you consider that They're Darcy their, best Gar- their, their best player, Darcy Garcia, <laughs> uh, injured his ankle. He, he came back in. He was ineffective. They just sent him right back to the bench. But they still dominated. And Nebraska was like, wow, these guys are actually trying. I think we're going to quit. 
I, I don't think that they they quit, but certainly the effort was was embarrassing. It was completely embarrassing. And that second half, it truly was. Fred Hoiberg now is forty-seven and eighty-five in his career at Nebraska, eighteen and sixty-two in the Big Ten. That's five years of basketball, nearly five years of basketball. Yep. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, just not acceptable. Well, and we're going to learn more as uh, made three there. Yeah, they they match the three. So thirteen to nine, Michigan State on top of Nebraska. Not getting I'll, back on defense. Though. I'll be honest with you, the, the way that this game and the game next week against K State plays out to me, is going to go a long way towards determining whether or not Crystal Ball, in my mind, sees Hoiberg coming back next year. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. They got on a run when everybody thought their season was over last year. They won, you know, what, what was it, uh, eight of their last ten and and got that, on that great run. I That could happen, too. They could, you know, find a 2013 or 2014, whatever year it was, last time we were in the tournament, uh, where, you know, they just get hot at the right time. Uh, flip side is, they could they could implode and you could have infighting and you know guys walk away think of teddy buckets now uh, you know i think that was a mutual decision between yeah. <laughs> teddy allen and fred oiberg that they needed to no longer be uh, teddy was coach so and good player. and so bad all at once yeah yeah he could be so great and so terrible all in one game um yeah. i i really don't want to see another coaching change i don't, I don't think i don't I think want it, this to work i want I this to work think and it's i think it's going to and I still think if they're 500 this year, is that good enough? No, not even close. They don't win 18 games and get in the NIT. I, I don't with this team with as old as this team is. I, I'm going to have serious reservations. Well, I like the recruiting class. I think they've added some nice pieces. If you get rid of Hoiberg, you get rid of that, and you start from scratch again. And I don't want to do that. I don't I either. Don't, I don't want to do it. I don't either. I, I, I've been one of the biggest Fred Hoiberg proponents through all four plus years of him being here. I've always said I believe in what he's doing, but what's going on right now is puzzling to me. And I believe he can get it fixed. I truly do, and I think he does. If they win today, that's a that's a big step in the right direction. Nebraska has struggled from three. Tombanaga just hit one from long range, and he seems to be playing well early. But over the last couple of games, they're shooting seventeen percent. Yeah. From three-point range. Hey, uh, real quick, I'm going to try to make sure we get back on the uh, Sarger Heyman text line. Uh, technical issues with what we can see and what we can't sometimes, and I think we finally got it figured out, but uh, Walter Donnelly off the Sarger Heyman text line. Going back to the football side of things, we, you and I were talking a little bit ago about, hey, if we do get Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming, yeah. does that open the door for a big-time running back to, to come back into the fold or come into the fold for Nebraska? And he said, hey, four scholarship running backs, career numbers of carries. Ramir Johnson, 172. Gabe Irvin, 95. Emmett Johnson, 90. Quentin Ives, zero. So you have no back on Nebraska's roster that had as many carries as a Rex Burkhead or an Amir Abdullah or anybody that was a starting back at Nebraska had in a single season. That's their career number of carries. He's got a fantastic point. Um and now a thousand yard rushers since what 2017? 2017. Yeah. Yep. Uh Divino Zigbo. Yeah. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, Walter, we've said that numerous times about numerous things with Nebraska athletics, and uh we'll we'll see if if uh, if it changes. I, I think it will though. Matt Rule has made a couple of good points. Hey, if if you got a Gabe Irvin or Ramir Johnson from the portal, you might be somewhat excited. I would be a little bit. I think Ramir's a very good running back. 
Uh, Gabe Irvin has been unable to stay injury-free, but he's a 220-pound beast when he gets going. I think he could be very good. I, I think Anthony Grant struggled over the last couple of years. Yeah, Gabe Irvin, to me, is an NFL back. I, I don't see any doubt talent-wise, but if he can't stay healthy, he's never going to play in the NFL. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, He's never going to put enough on tape to where the NFL goes, or and if he's just you know injury-prone, it's not going to happen, but I think he's got the talent and ability to be an NFL back. There you go. Uh, we're going to switch back to volleyball yeah. for about 15 minutes or so with Tani Taki, one of the great middle blockers of all time for Nebraska volleyball, played for both Terry Pettit and John Cook. So she knows what she's talking about when she talks about Husker volleyball. Saw her as we headed into the match last night. And I go, I think it was Heidi that said, my wife, who said, how do you prepare for a small team like uh, Arkansas? And she said, well, just play my 14-year-olds that I coach every day. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny that she mentioned that. Uh, She's very entertaining. She knows Husker Volleyball. And she's headed to the Final Four uh, in Tampa. She's already bought her tickets. We'll talk to Tanya Taki next.